For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Cops of Reddit. A lot of people get jumpy and try to act normal around law enforcement. How can you tell genuinely suspicious people from self-conscious idiots acting weird? I knew a police helicopter pilot and I asked a similar question when searching for suspects. He said that the bad guys were the ones not looking up at the helicopter. Innocent people look, point, stare, etc. I thought it was funny but true, to a point. I was taking the bins out one dark night and there was a police helicopter nearby, all of a sudden they lit me up with the spotlight, I was like a deer in the headlights, and after a second or two slowly waved at them and then after a few more seconds the spotlight moved on elsewhere, it was so awkward they must have been peeing themselves laughing. Pulled over for being lost in the wrong neighborhood, was relieved as I did not have a GPS at the time. Horribly lost was hoping the cop that had been tailing me for the last mile would pull me over to get directions. Wants to know why a white boy like me is in a neighborhood like this. I explain I'm lost. Doesn't believe me says I'm here for drugs. My whole attitude changed because I'm suddenly nervous. Why would he think that and realizing this could go badly? He says only guilty people act nervous. He ends up calling a canine unit to search my car. Other cop is really cool. We chat and he apologized for first cop being a jerk. After search he gives me directions on how to get to my destination. Good cop bad cop is real. Same happened to me before I ever hand him my ad I was a white dude in a nice car in a black neighborhood. I said excuse me this neighborhood isn't bad he said yeah it is. I hand him my ad that stated I lived 4 houses down from where he stopped me. Never asked what I was doing. Just told me I was there to buy drugs. No officer I live here. Douche. I got pulled over for speeding on Canada Day on my way up to Ottawa from Toronto. I did the usual routine of pulling over somewhere safe, taking the registration out and putting both hands on the wheel at 10 and 2. The cop approaches and I ask if it's okay for me to reach over and turn down the music which I forgot to do. He starts laughing and says okay. He tells me to put my hands down since I'm making him nervous. I'm like you're making me nervous. Back in Toronto I don't take any chances and the cops are usually appreciative. But they have never told me to relax. It's best to err on the side of caution with Toronto police. But the out of city cops are usually pretty laid back. We had a good old Canadian laugh wished each other a happy Canada day and then he gave me a ticket for 115 in a 100. Sigh. The funny thing is, if I'm off duty and around a uniformed officer I don't know different depth, area, etc. I get nervous. Heck my heart sometimes skips a beat when I see one of our own cars driving down the road, even though it may be the same exact vehicle I was assigned to just a few hours ago. My point is, I think pretty much everyone gets nervous around a cop. Most people will avoid you and not make eye contact. But what really stands out for me are the adults that will periodically look at you, or you feel them staring at you like they're trying to with your face. I've had to arrest a lot of people over the years, and many of them are back out on the streets. 
Your post reminds me of a funny piece of info. A good friend of mine works as a lawyer for one of the bigger insurance companies in defense. A good percent of accidents happen because people freak out about the mere presence of the cop and don't focus on the actual driving. Like literally during a deposition I didn't see them pull out, there was a cop on the same road. In medicine we have a similar phenomenon called white coat hypertension. Being in the mere presence of a doctor raised patient's blood pressures. So a patient may have a normal BP, but every time they step into the office to get it checked it, it goes up. Going to the doctor can be bad for your health sometimes. I'm one of those jumpy people. I've been pulled over and screamed at why are you so nervous? What are you hiding and another time? The cop was very nice and just said relax. It's just a ticket. Are you okay? Do you want to catch your breath? Not a big deal. Take a couple deep breaths. Buddy super friendly and helped me relax. I get anxiety in those situations without any real cause. I just get really nervous. It's crazy how differently cops can handle a situation in the exact same circumstances just one was nicer, or trained better. Cop here, I'll give a serious answer, assuming this is on a traffic stop. For the most part, if you are acting jumpy I try to figure out why and remove that stress. If I can't figure it out on my own, I'll just simply ask. Common answers are, I don't like cops I don't want a ticket and so on. My reasoning for this is if you're relaxed and I ask if there are any weapons in the car and your stress indicators skyrocket when you say no, something is wrong. If you're already stressed, I won't be able to see that reaction. As others have stated, it's not 100%. Some people are just nervous Nellies. I try to calm people down for their sanity and my safety but it doesn't always work. Every time I get pulled over as soon as my tag is run through the system the police get on their bullhorn and tell me to get out and lay on the ground. Not because I'm black. Because I'm a two time convicted felon being crime free for 6 years but I always find it amusing and after all the foolishness I always have a laugh with them. I have anxiety. Every time a copper pulls me over, I look guilty. But really I'm scared of unwarranted police violence and nervous about how much money today's ticket will cost me. Police always notice, and they always say that makes me suspicious. So they have reason to ask to search me and my possessions. I feel like I can't be the only innocent person in the world who gets the jumps around police, but they always act like I'm the first person they've ever encountered who acts guilty when I haven't actually done anything. Police instructor here. You look for what is out of place context. If everyone is looking at an event or certain direction and that one person is staring at you or in the completely opposite direction that's the oddball. People draw attention to themselves by behavior that is different from the environment or expected of the environment that they are in. It's how they identified the Boston bombers everyone was looking in the direction of the explosion but the brothers were staring in the opposite direction. Suspicious behavior. This technique can be applied to clothing as well if it's summer and you see people wearing heavy jackets there's something odd. Somebody keeps tapping the waistline and there's no reason for him to do that like something falling off of it and there's something tucked in their waistline drugs or weapons. Now not saying that this gives you an excuse to go up and start harassing people however it definitely lets you narrow down the focus of your attention for what is out of place. Cops once woke me up at 3am in the morning because my neighbor saw flashlights in woods next to my house. 
and then they started questioning me, asking me why I seemed so nervous and if I wasn't doing anything why were there footprints in the snow in front of my freaking front door. I was a 19 year old kid living on my own in a small town, so small it didn't have a population. I just remember being absolutely flabbergasted at why they would want to know why someone might be nervous from getting a visit from the cops in the middle of the night, and why they thought footprints in a heavily traveled area were suspicious. I basically told them some variation of that and then told them they were welcome to look around outside if they wanted before they left. This was during deer hunting season in Wisconsin, so the only thing I could think of is that maybe they thought there was some poaching going on. Still, it showed a remarkable detachment from reality that they couldn't understand why I was so nervous to begin with. Actual police officer here. There really is no magic answer. There is a ton of overlap between both groups and anyone who says they can consistently spot the difference is lying to you. I'd rather judge the situation based on the objective facts rather than my gut feeling. Random story. So not long after I got my license I was driving around and at a stoplight there was a cop behind me. I hadn't done anything wrong. Cops at that point didn't freak me out yet. And I even knew a kid in school who was planning to become one. The light turns green and I go. I notice behind me everyone is behind the cop on all lanes. It weirded me out. Usually there are cars passing me or next to me. People were giving the cop a nice wide berth or at least not wanting to drive ahead of it. It made me feel paranoid and I checked my speed. I was actually going slower than the speed limit. After I figured out everyone was just being paranoid I sped up to the speed limit and that was that. The cop was driving slower than the speed limit and I drove off leaving them all behind. I feel like the cop probably thought it was hilarious that his presence was slowing down traffic cause it wasn't like he was trying to control it. His lights weren't on. Since then I've had plenty of speeding tickets. Plenty. Plenty. But not on that day. Cops freak me out now too. Every time I see one I go oh crap. Speed limit? I am okay. Car functioning right? Yes. Drugs in the car? Wait. I don't do drugs. It's a tense situation. Not a cop but I'm a Florida native and I'm usually dressed in shorts and a t-shirt. I was in a flyover state for a concert and was supposed to pick someone up about 4 hours away in the morning. Instead of getting a hotel for 5 hours I decided to drive to my destination and sleep in the back of the rental car. Usually when I do this, I roll the windows down and sleep with the car off. But it was in the mid 30s this night. I pulled into a vacant parking lot next to a vacant building outside of town. Turns out I was still in city limits. I tried to turn the running lights off, but wasn't able to. This eventually attracted the attention of the local law enforcement. I woke to a flashlight banging on my window. They, all nine of them wanted me out of the car while they tried to figure out what was going on. Being as it was cold, I started to shake. I shared how I thought it was amusing that I was shaking and that it would likely raise suspicion. The cop that was babysitting me at that moment said no. It's cold out. She then let me get into the car and start it again. 9 stroke 10 would recommend. Not a cop, but having worked at a pawn shop I will say they talked way too much. When the customer was trying to pull something on us most would talk a lot about nothing. Keep up a constant stream of chatter. Of course this is in no way a 100% indicator, but it was one sign we looked for. I don't put much consideration on someone's nervousness to the likeliness of them committing a crime. We need reasons, or probable cause to determine that. However, 
Someone's jumpiness is a tactical cue to me that they may more likely run or fight, especially if I already have probable cause of a crime occurring. Most people are scared when stopped by the police, but this fear is different than jumpiness, fear is a little more subdued than the tension of someone looking for an escape. Another consideration is that if someone suffers from a mental illness, their symptoms are usually clearly different than someone who is plain scared or jumpy. Also, someone who is affected by drugs clearly has distinct signs. It's pretty complicated to explain, but simple when observing it in person every day. There's a bit in Brian Cranston's book where he talks about his time as a security guard. His talent was spotting about to be sharplifters. His advice? People come to stores because they want something specific. In and out. Watch for the lingerers. Till I'm an extremely suspicious shopper. UK veteran and ex-metropolitan police UK here. I've just found it's all down to experience when reading people. Your mentor is everything and should be a wealth of knowledge. Learn from them. Also, the weirdos tend to be regulars and someone will know them and tell you all you need to know. Great question. I'm a cop in Arizona. It's important to know the cultural and societal norms of your patrol area. A huge amount of folks carry guns here for example. Your average law-abiding citizen will generally use a holster and not be deceptive about the weapon. Bad guys will not be forthcoming. We have some issues with Mexican drug cartels and they tend to blend in somewhat but have guns and unique calibers such as .38 Super. Since we do have a huge Hispanic community, it helps to know the norms for their behavior, which differs somewhat from the white community. A vast majority of the time we will be dealing with people while investigating specific crimes. There's a huge variety of factors involved in that, but generally speaking you are gonna use four of your senses to make educated guesses. Sight, smell, touch, sound. A person whose voice wavers may just be afraid of cops. Combine that with an odor of drugs, or a suspicious protrusion on their body, then there could be an issue. While cultural knowledge is important, there are some universal signs of deception, which you would probably recognize. I spent a year in Afghanistan doing police work as well, and those principles held true there too. To a degree it's profiling, which is a dirty word, but a pragmatic principle. Ex-cop, still licensed, if that matters. You can't always tell. That is why treating everyone as close to the same as possible is important. The average person will change their behavior around a police officer at least a little bit. It can be a weird over respectful type deal, or they may shut down completely. The average criminal acts nearly the same. However, that is why it's important to be very aware of the person's movements and responses to questions or your own movements. If you ask a person with drugs in the car do you have drugs in the car? His eyes will very commonly dart towards where he or she is hiding something, even if it is not drugs. That of course does not give me probable cause to tear their car apart looking for stuff. It's just a red flag. A person who is simply nervous and is not really guilty of a crime will most likely just break eye contact and look somewhere such as out the window, behind you, down at the wheel, etc. Same goes for a person you may simply be suspicious of on the street. Are you carrying any weapons will lead to a person carrying a weapon too often. Touch the area where it is, usually repeatedly, or start to look at where they have hidden a weapon. A person who is just nervous probably won't grab their waistband several times after that question. That is just one example, but it shows the importance of communication. Being aware of the surroundings and subject, 
and why asking questions is very important. All because a person who is simply nervous and a criminal who is nervous are almost indistinguishable without some digging. As for people who appear totally 100% calm, well that in and of itself can be a red flag as well. Maybe he or she is calm because they like police, maybe they are police in a different area, maybe they really do simply have nothing to hide and a good understanding of police procedures, or they are a hardened criminal that has no sense of remorse or anxiety over meeting a cop. You never know, unless you start to look deeper. So to anyone who feels like cops hate you or are mean, maybe that sheds a bit of light on things. Nice try, criminals. Stop right there criminal scum. Police officers of Reddit, how do you know if someone is acting nervous because they did something wrong or because I did nothing but it's the police so I'm going to act nervous anyway? Hey fam, Canadian cop here. Like other people have said below, humans are generally kind of crappy at telling liars apart. I basically go up to every person with a certain amount of knowledge already in my head if possible and verify a bunch of things. Example of a traffic stop. Hey sir, I'm Constable Hugegal with Canada Police. I pulled you over today because your license tags have expired. If the driver is the registered owner, I know all of their previous registered addresses, their age, and if they've ever been encountered by us before. If they've been arrested before I'll look at the files quick to gather some more info. Like if they're a guy who has a history of break and enters. I looks around their vehicle while talking to them for new tools that appear days old, etc. I ask the driver for ownership, license and insurance. I make small talk with them generally and if they appear nervous I put their mind at ease with a couple jokes or something else. I'm not a big guy, 5 feet 8. So I usually joke about them not having to be afraid of a guy who has short legs and can't run, etc. I don't leave them hanging. I candidly tell them about my role and my responsibilities. I ask them if they've been ticketed or arrested before. I already know the answers. If they lie to me about either of them then it sets some minor bells off in my head, as it's such a minor thing to lie about. I call them out on their lies and ask them why they'd lie to me and then give them the dates they were either ticketed or arrested. Sometimes they seem to have genuinely forgotten those offenses and other times they're trying to hide something from me. After that I decide based on the totality of the offense if it's in the best interest of the public to give the driver a ticket. If the crime is just a minor traffic infraction then I give a written warning. Especially if they have a good driving history or if I can assume the ticket would severely hurt them financially given their likely low level of income. I'm a firm believer that police don't exist to punish, but to teach people lessons sometimes, epiphanies, not beatdowns, and give them perspective on how their actions are perceived by others. Tickets are an avenue to ensure that lesson is met as a financial penalty, but I don't like taking that course of action because that money would normally go to the driver's kids for school lunches or towards gas to get to work. It basically comes down to experience and trusting your gut sometimes. If something feels off, I've always believed that you've subconscious observed something and just haven't had the opportunity to consciously acknowledge it yet. Take the time and slow the investigation down, and take a more measured approach to what you're doing and you'll find out if people are lying to you. Ask for backup for another unbiased opinion if you feel like it. I got pulled over at 1am while deeding one time have two college age kids in my car no one is 21 so they're both freaking out and cop comes up to my car and says he smells alcohol I told him I had two girls under 21 in my car who were drunk but I was taking them home right now 
cop then has me get out of the car and it's the middle of January so I'm freezing so I get out hands in my sweatshirt pockets shivering from the cold and freaking out because I've never been pulled over before. Cop freaks out pulls his gun and yells at me to put my hands up and on the car which I obviously do immediately because I enjoy being alive cop puts his gun away and starts asking me how much I've had to drink and I tell him that I've had nothing I was just the DD I didn't even go out with them just pick them up but the cop says I'm lying because he can see how nervous I am like he didn't just pull his gun on me he makes me do all the tests has me walk the line say the alphabet backwards etc. All the while he's asking me semi-racist questions. As I'm walking the line he asks me how often I've done this and what my education level is I eventually ask for a breathalyzer which he states he'll give me but if I don't blow a zero you're going in the back of my car and I am gonna ruin your life I obviously blow a zero and he then starts asking me what drugs I did tonight saying that he knows I smoked weed tonight, I didn't, or that I'm high on someone else's prescription. Still no. So eventually at around 3am his partner tells him to let me go so after 2 hours of this guy harassing me for no reason he lets me go and doesn't even give me a ticket because as his partner put it we pulled you over because you were driving. Suspiciously not because I did anything wrong. Not a cop this just brought back a memory. I was 19 living in my first apartment and my psycho neighbors called the cops saying I was doing drugs. Three showed up and asked to search the place and I declined after allowing them inside because I know my rights. They said they would just go get a warrant and come back and told them you go ahead and do that then. Then one asked me why I was shaking and so nervous and I finally said I have PTSD and there are three people with guns in my living room. They left and never came back with that warrant. Most cops don't know the difference. They are just there to try and bulldoze you into giving up your rights so they can proceed how they want. Ooh, that sounds bad. Hope your PTSD is better now. As a person who was once turned around at the US border being told there is a warrant out for my arrest in Canada, I had to go to the police to figure out what is up and I had never been so nervous in my life. The US border enforcement officer wouldn't tell me what the warrant was for, and I was completely confused by the whole ordeal as I had entered the US previously several times and I had to complete a criminal background check for the job I was working. I know I had done nothing wrong, but not knowing what was going to happen next, thinking I may be immediately apprehended and locked up at the Canadian border, then having to go to the RCMP and then not one but two other police stations and tell them that there is a warrant out for my arrest but I had no idea about it, it was scary. Just for closure on the issue, it appears someone had provided an officer with my name and address after being caught committing a crime and they had no it on them as the description written down by the officer who caught this fake me did not match my description. Not sure why that person was let go in the first place. Probably released with a promise to appear. They, you, never appeared so a warrant was issued. For minor offenses, it's cheaper to let the person out with a PTA than to keep them in jail until their court date. Anyone who runs as a VC. Anyone who doesn't run as a well-disciplined VC. All of the responses you're going to get are signs of someone just being nervous or not wanting to be interrogated by a cop. This is the problem with police officers assuming they have some magic ability to tell when someone is a criminal just by looking at them. It lets them invent reasons to go further with their search than they legally should based on their experience. It also gives them an excuse to follow their prejudices, known and unknown. For instance, 
Police regularly indicate that furtive gestures led them to believe something was afoot. Those same officers are regularly unable to define the word furtive. This is why Oregon just banned police from asking probing or asking off-topic questions at traffic stops. All communication now has to be about the traffic stop. No more questions about the last time you used them or last time you killed a person. I was flying home from Mexico last summer and had a direct flight into my home airport, Cincinnati, which is rare. I didn't even know they had customs there. I had a little bag of loose pills in my suitcase that were all totally innocent, like ibuprofen and Zitek. I had bought Costco size bottles and didn't want to bring the whole bottle, so I made the huge mistake of packing them loose. I'll totally admit that was my mistake. When customs was searching my bag, they found a Ziploc bag. When I explained to the agent that it was ibuprofen and Zitek, they didn't believe me. Which again makes sense. I was coming back from Mexico. It could have been solved with a quick google of the numbers on the pills. Instead, she takes my passport from me and tells me to sit down. I sit down for about 20 minutes. My family all go through, and the agent won't let them stop or talk to me. I ask what's going on and she refused to tell me anything or give me back my passport. After an hour and a half, every single person on my plane had gone through. Now every agent is walking over to me. 8-10 agents surround me, literally, in a circle around me. They're all asking me questions at once. At this point I'm visibly nervous and shaking. I already don't do well with confrontation. And now I'm scared. One agent starts yelling at me asking what medication I'm on for anxiety. I told him I don't take anything for anxiety. And he yells at me again and calls me a liar and that I must have anxiety since I'm shaking so bad. This went on for about 15-20 minutes. I was crying at this point. Finally, one agent googled the pills and saw they were ibuprofen and Zitek. Like I said, they begrudgingly gave me back my passport and let me go. My family had been waiting on the other side for almost 2 hours at this point. My heart is racing just typing this out lol. I understand that they needed to double check and I shouldn't have had those pills loose. But dang. That was excessive. And people wonder why cops have publicity issues. Never talk to them. That's what lawyers are for. The most correct answer is you can't. And any cop telling you they can is either lying to you or themselves. There is no such thing as a tell. Broadly, some people have them, some people are just nervous. All that crap about reading body language to spot a liar is completely unsupported by science. Cop science is bad science. There's a difference between evasive and nervous. Nervous will natter on a bit but Eversize knows they got to avoid mentioning doing something. If they keep looking below their car seat, can't articulate where they're going etc. Nervous people calm as the interaction goes on. People with something to hide often get worse. They can't tell. A friend of mine has always been accused simply because of the way he looks despite being a great person. During high school my friends and I got pulled over for unknown reasons. Two huge SWAT types got out of their car and started screaming at us to put our hands out the window. With their hands on their guns as they approached the car. They come up and ask if we have any weapons. For the record, we were a ragtag group of goofy looking kids who were just trying to get back to play some video games. During all this, one cop asks my buddy why he's so nervous because he can see his heart beating through his shirt. My buddy says something to the effect of you guys have guns on us. So yeah cops are awful at being able to tell why someone is nervous. 
They seem to think nervous equals suspicious. They let us go without incident. We were just glad to be out of that situation. I got pulled over when I was 17 because I accidentally cut off a cop and he was convinced I ran a stop sign. In reality, his car was black, it was raining, and there was a tree in the way so I just didn't see him coming when I stopped. When he came up to my window, I started to hyperventilate and was trying to remain calm when speaking to him but due to my anxiety disorder I couldn't. He looked at my license and said I see you are 2 months from turning 18. I replied that I was, and I was about to leave for college soon and had never been pulled over before. This officer said anyone under 18 deserves to have a ticket. You kids are annoying and need to learn your lesson. I immediately started having a worse panic attack and crying harder. He laughed, in my face, gave me the ticket and drove away. Because I was under 18, it would have been really hard for me to legally contest the ticket. Luckily I just got community service, and I got a family friend to write me a letter saying I had done service. But still, that cop was an butthole. This is why you should always record police in America today during any legal interaction. They stop you, record them, always. I have never ever done anything, I don't even have a speeding ticket mainly because I don't have a driver's license, and yet I always get friggin nervous because it is the police. Although I gotta say it's getting better with time since I've been selected for random searches so many times in my life than I'm used to it. You don't. You just shoot and say something like tag em and bag em. Everyone laughs and that's lunch. Let's sprinkle some crack on him and get out of here. Everything the cops do is panic inducing. Flashing bright lights, loud sirens, flashlight in your face, hands on their hips near their weapons, just everything. I don't do drugs or drink but I've been pulled over for a tail light being out before and just had a massive panic attack. Nothing about what you do says hey I'm here to protect you and the public genuinely fears you. Asking me why is your heart racing and why are your palms sweaty is freaking idiotic. Obligated not a police officer. However there is a vast majority of officers who seem to have anger management issues ungodly need for absolute compliance. I grew up in both good areas and bad. I actually got more crap in the good areas. I remember I was turning at a stopped sign. After being stopped for about 5 minutes waiting for a light to change so I could turn left. I turned left after waiting a bit for no more cars after the change of a light near the stop sign and turned left. Police office was behind me shortly after the turn. Running a red light. Had plenty of distance but when I was driving almost hit me because he wasn't paying attention and almost rear-ended me. Pulled me over came up and shouted what the frick was that demanded my license while degrading my driving skills and seeing ability. All while screaming and gave me a ticket for reckless driving. Told me to get off of the freaking road and drove away. I was 17. 5 feet 4 and very respectful the entire exchange never once raising my voice or saying anything other than yes officer. That officer made me second guess every other police encounter I have seen because his reaction was so over the top and ridiculously aggressive for no reason. I contested the charge and the ticket got dropped but I will never forget that interaction and never feel safe around officers. Perhaps we should screen people more frequently for power complexes serving in positions of power. My first time getting pulled over the cop asked me if I was drinking and why I was so nervous. When I told him it was my first time getting pulled over he said he'd pulled over a lot of people for the first time and they weren't so nervous. He didn't know what the frick was going on and just wanted me to confess to something. 
I had run-ins with cops thanks to stupid crap people I hung out with did, but never actually directly committed any crime myself. Every time, I was treated like a piece of crap and put through the ringer because of how nervous my anxiety would make me. That, of course, meant that any time I met any cops ever after, I immediately got nervous. As a result, they get excited because they smell blood in the water and their brains shut off, having decided I've already done something wrong. In my early 20s a co-worker was caught stealing money from the till. When they were confronted they blamed it on me. On a Saturday a cop came to my door and took me down to the station to interrogate me. When we got there I immediately started bawling. He was like, if you didn't do it then why are you crying? I was like, this is freaking scary. Okay. Well the company had proof it wasn't me so nothing happened after that. The guy ended up going to jail. I probably looked real guilty crying. But in reality I had no idea what was going on. Police officers of Reddit. What absurd situation have you just happened upon and realized no one called the cops? My co-worker's story of how he found out he had a heart defect, I forget what it exactly was, jumps out to me. He used to ride his bike to work all the time at his old job. One day just on his to work he drops on the side of the road. Fainted, he was out for an hour or so before he came to. He was pretty beat up, nothing major, but cuts and bruises everywhere. When he came to no one was around him. People driving by, people walking around. No one stopped to help, no one stopped to call an ambulance. He went to the doctor and got surgery done for an artificial heart valve. Another one. I was responding to a disturbance call in a trailer park that turned out to be BS. As I was leaving I noticed a giant puddle of blood on the ground near a different trailer. Upon further inspection I realized that there was blood all over one of the doors complete with smeared handprints and blood dripping off the doorknob. It looked like a freaking massacre. I started pounding on the door and this junkie comes out and starts yelling at me for waking her up. I asked her if she was hurt and she said she wasn't she then proceeds to go ape crap about all the blood. She has no idea where it came from. I followed the ungodly amount of blood to a trailer about a block down where there is a giant party taking place. I ask the group of guys standing outside where the injured person is and they all go g-code on me and say they don't know what I am talking about. While standing in the blood trail, I push past and continue down the road to us where at the end of it I find a guy in an what used to be an all white outfit that is now dark red attempting to control his massive head bleed on his own. I later discovered that he had been trying to break into that other trailer when he drunkenly cut his head on the window that he broke out. My father was a village policeman in here UK during the 80s, so this is his story. Lady bought a house and after many days weeks getting settled, she turned her attention to the garden. She started digging some flower beds, but as she was working she came across some small bones in the dirt, baby size bones. This house used to belong to a doctor. So the lady puts two and two together and assumes he was a child murderer or maybe did some of the book's abortions back in the day. This lady is shocked and terrified that her new home could be tainted by this horrible past, but she didn't call the police. Instead she just avoids the garden. Completely. The whole thing weighs heavily on her mind as the years go by. 5. 10. 15 years I forget how long exactly but it was at least a decade. Until one day she can't take it anymore and calls the police to report the bones. 
My dad goes out to investigate, into the garden where she shows him roughly where they were. He digs around a little, this was the 80s and apparently they were less concerned with disturbing evidence, and finds not a dead baby, but a small plastic skeleton. Poor woman had been living with guilt and fear for decades because of a kid's toy. The guy that buried the plastic skeleton under his new porch on here a while back should read this. This was only a few years back. Driving along a suburban road one night and a guy wearing only his underwear ran up to our cop car and threw a very large sofa cushion at us. As we slowed down to find out why he had thrown said cushion he tried to jump into the back of the car. We got out and had a chat to the poor guy who told us he had used about an 8 ball of poor quality C and wanted to get out attention to help him. A kicker was he had been running around the suburban streets all drugged up for about 30 minutes and no one thought it was odd enough to call us. To be fair it wasn't the nicest area. Former Leo, worked a late shift and was driving home and decided to stop for some breakfast at Waffle House. I noticed a few people fagging me down as I pulled into the parking lot, which was shared by an auto repair shop. They point me to the back so I pull over and turn my spotlight on. On the back side of the repair shop there was a dumpster, and there was a man laying down beside it behind the fence. I could see his feet. Then another homeless man walked out with a bowl and literally walked right by my car toward Waffle House. He was soaked BTW. So I walk over to the man laying down and he's unresponsive. I call in and EMTs arrive and the guy is dead. I still to this day have no idea how or why. I have the homeless guy waiting for me next to Waffle House and I ask him what happened and he said he was out cold. I was pouring water on him to keep him warm. Video from the auto shop shows guy walking and collapses next to dumpster. He wasn't shot or anything so who knows. Heart attack. Stroke. Something. And for 45 minutes, this homeless man walked over to a water hose beside the Waffle House, filled a bowl up and poured water on him because it was slightly cool outside and he didn't want him to get too cold, water was cold faucet water btw, literally nothing ever came close to the weirdness of that night in my entire career. Yet I don't know where the water thing started on the streets, it was very common to find HODs soaked with water or covered in ice by their junky friends and family. Not a cop, I'm a paramedic, but I think this fits. My partner and I were at our post which was in the parking lot of a strip mall that had a bunch of stores and one bar which was known to be pretty sketchy. My partner was taking a little nap. It was around 1am, and I was watching a movie on my phone, waiting for a call. Eventually I notice a few people coming out of the bar and just sort of lingering in the parking lot. A few more people come out, one lights up a cigarette and they all just stand around. I go back to my movie and 20 minutes later I notice there is now a much larger group lingering outside of the bar. Nothing strange was happening but I thought it was weird that they'd all been there for so long so I decided to check it out. I woke up my pee off partner to have him pull our rig closer to thread group. As we approach with our lights on, the group notices us and starts to break apart. A few people scatter and I see that in the middle of the group there is a person on the ground motionless. My partner and I jump out and ask what's going on. Somebody in the group goes this guy is wasted, he just stumbled out here and fell asleep on the ground. I shout to the man on the ground and he doesn't respond. I check for a pulse and there is none. I start CPR, while my partner gets our jump bag and notifies dispatch. For a full 30 minutes, 
People had just stood around looking at this dead guy on the ground, some smoking cigarettes, none doing anything about it, there wasn't even a noticeable commotion, nobody asked if he needed help or called anybody and they probably never would have, the guy was cool to the touch by the time we got to him, down for at least 30 minutes, we went through the motions but there was no saving him, we transported and he was pronounced at the hospital within 15 minutes. How freaking hard is it to ask someone if they are okay, or to dial 9, 1, 1, how was not one single person in that group not alarmed by seeing a man sleeping on the ground in a parking lot, I've had similar variations of this scene happen at least 3 times while on duty, people just don't give a frick. One time my friend was vomiting on himself and unresponsive after falling over in a bar, but the bar just wanted him out and half my friends wanted to let him sleep it off. Turns out he had been drugged and would have died if we took him home. Drunk people are stupid. Not Leo, but inspect investigate issues in child daycare centers. Staff members duct taped a one year old toddler to a chair because they wouldn't sleep at nap time. One staff member witnessed the other staff do this to the child. Three other staff saw the child taped to the chair. The owner saw it as well. No one said anything or reported to police. My office is civil not criminal. I called the local jurisdiction and submitted all documentation I had found. The parent picked up the child and couldn't figure out why the child's clothes had a sticky residue on them. Boy was she surprised when she learned what happened to her baby. I'm really late to the party here, but 3 weeks after I started, I was on my way to our off-site property control, just driving through a residential area to avoid the congestion and take a look at my new beat. I drive past a house with smoke pouring out from the eaves and two guys watching across the street. They pointed at his as I stopped and said, I think there's a fire. Think was an understatement. This entire house was filled with smoke. Windows were black with soot, and still no call. These two guys were just chatting away and not doing anything. I couldn't see fire. But it was the 10th of July and a sunny morning. No mistaking a house fire in broad daylight. So I call it in and try to gain access and yell for any survivors. Keep in mind I have zero fire training. But have half a brain enough to know that if there are any survivors in there I won't be any help to them. And will just be another body to yard out once fire does arrive. I get into the backyard by jumping over the hood of a minivan and sliding across like a duke brother because there is so much junk everywhere. This takes a piece of the wooden fence and jams my radio key button open, so everyone can hear me breathing, yelling for survivors, etc. I have no idea I've got an open mic at this time. I lay down on the deck and look through the sliding glass door and there is only about 4 inches up from the floor I can see. I continue to yell for survivors but get no response. As soon as fire gets there, they make a slow entry because the front door has been barricaded. This is when I knew something wasn't right. Suspicions were confirmed when firefighters yarded out four children, a mother, and father. The father was the last one taken out and the only survivor. Everyone else, except an infant, had been murdered with a kitchen knife. Doing CPR on a child that you can see is obviously dead is something that will haunt me forever. I never thought I could take someone's life until I had to try and help a child that was murdered by his father. I've never wanted to choke the life out of someone more. Talking about it helps, but still hurts. Pretty common where I work. No one calls the police. Probably the most extreme was a shots fired call. Extremely common. On a certain street that we really don't go down without backup. We drive through and don't see anything. 
Then maybe 10 minutes later we get an anonymous call about a shootout inside a vacant house. We find the door wide open, covered in blood. We make entry and find an absolute bloodbath. Blood, drugs, and casings everywhere. We recover an AK pistol that had been fired. There was evidence people had been dragged out. We only got the one call about it and no one showed up at a hospital later. Shot. Not in law anymore, but was for about 12 years in a large city. When I was a patrolman, I got a call about someone shooting off fireworks in a strip mall at 2am. These were common calls, so we would usually just go check the area and clear the call. I checked the parking lot and didn't find anything, but noticed the lights were on at one of the strip mall businesses. I won't say what business it was, but it was owned by a pretty prominent local businessman. Anyways, I got out to check and found the front door unlocked, which was suspicious. We had a lot of burglaries in that area, so I asked dispatch to call a rep for the business. I was clearing the building and found the owner and several other people, all really prominent, in a back room where a poker table was set up. One of the guys was sitting down and had a pile of coats in his lap which was really weird and he was acting like he was in pain. I saw blood droplets under his chair and asked him what was wrong. He broke down and moved the coats, then revealed he had a gunshot wound in his thigh. Long story short, these guys had a high stakes poker game every week and someone tried to rob it and things went sideways. The dude robbing it shot this guy in the leg, which some citizen heard and called in a fireworks call. The guys involved in the game weren't going to call the cops and were arranging to have a doctor come treat him off the books. Gambling is illegal in the state I worked in, but we honestly wouldn't have given a crap. We actually caught the guy that did it, but that I wouldn't prosecute because the victim witnesses didn't want to testify or be involved. The victim recovered fine. One of the guys who I interviewed told me that they were robbed of over $30,000. So many. There's the usual. Drive-by shootings. Gang violence. Act. To the infuriating. Child abuse child exploitation matters. Though to be completely honest, the most absurd situation in which no one called the police 911 was when my crazy neighbors across the street had their father-in-law have a heart attack on their front lawn during a BBQ. The guy's son was having the mother of all tantrums, shoving people, screaming, rolling on the ground, pulling up grass, literally broke a window, all while shrieking at the top of his voice please god, don't take my dad. The other relatives allowed this spectacle to unfold before their eyes while they formed a semicircle around this dude seemingly lifeless corpse. I finally looked out my window, opened it, and shouted if anyone had called 911. Got around 20 blank stares. I called for them, and the crazy son tried to attack the paramedics while they were loading his dad into the ambulance. Called the cops for them too. Common sense really isn't all that common. Started my 4 to midnight shift by heading directly to get to coffee. Beautiful summer day, people everywhere. I pull into the parking space and see a dude lying on the ground in front of a park bench. I jumped out of my cruiser, grabbed my first aid bag, and called it in. The guy was conscious but not really responsive. It sounds like a movie but we were doing the old blink if you can hear me deal. The rescue finally arrived and took him to the hospital. I found out later on that the poor guy had suffered a severe grand mal seizure and was still pastickle when I rolled up on him. The frustrating part was the dozens of people milling about that couldn't even bother themselves to call 911. Never mind find out if the guy was okay. 
I do mountain bike patrol in a smallish medium sized city, was just riding one morning just after rush hour and spotted a little kid probably 3-4 years old standing on the side of the road with no parents in sight, stopped and asked him where his parents were and he just kinda shrugged, called it in and some dude ran out of some town homes across the street and said the little dude was standing out there for a few hours and he was watching him to keep an eye on him, there were people around and everything. But we never got a call for it. Long story short, he wandered out of the room him and his mom were staying in nearby and wandered out to the street. Place was a shelter for women and he was able to get out past the manager and a court police officer. Mom had died from a rage overdose three days prior and when the little guy got hungry he got out of the room and wandered out to the street. No one even went to check on her either despite the smell. Obligatory not a cop. But I am an EMT. We were waiting at a light right as we were headed back to the station for our end of shift. We see a man running like Usain Bolt across the crosswalk to beat the light and a woman chasing him. My partner and I both look at each other and he says she's gonna get hit. Sure as crap the car in the rightmost lane guns it as the light turns green and the next thing we see is flip flops flying and a pair of legs in the air. Female was plowed over and landed on her face in the street. We immediately turn on our lights and hop out of the ambulance. When we get to the girl she's unconscious, pee herself, and is bleeding from multiple lacerations on her limbs and a nasty head wound. My partner, who is a paramedic, starts his assessment as I go to grab a backboard and see collar and call it into dispatch. She wakes up and immediately starts screaming about her boyfriend leaving her. She stands up and tries to run after him. Fasciplants on the curb and proceeds to lose a tooth. We finally calmed her down enough to get her onto the gurney. Mind you she wouldn't listen and kept trying to walk around after suffering a couple head injuries. Once we get her into the back of the ambulance and out of the road into a nearby parking lot the driver that hit her rolls up. By now firefighters are on scene and asking what the heck is going on. We give them the lowdown and my partner tells them we can handle it so they leave. Confused and somewhat trepidatious, we talk to this woman for a while while insisting that she needs to go the hospital, but she keeps saying that she can't go and she needs to find her boyfriend. Meanwhile the driver who hit her is apologizing to me and saying she wants to help any way she can. The woman keeps saying she can't go the hospital. After we got her cleaned up and bandage all the wounds she asks if we can take her to her boyfriend's house. Well as an EMT I can do one of two things. Either take you to the hospital or leave you where you are. She refuses transport vehemently so my partner and I tell her that we can't take her anywhere. She then proceeds to hop out of the ambulance and ask the driver who just hit her if she would take her to her boyfriend's house if she didn't call the cops. Sure as crap before we can even radio in that the patient was refusing transport to the hospital she's rolling away in the car that just hit her and tossed her 8 feet in the air. It's not the craziest story but one of the few that we just happened to be there for. My brother-in-law was on his way home from the night shift a few months ago, and happened to drive past a house that was on fire. He ran up to the door, beat on it with no answer, broke the door down and ended up rescuing a woman and her child children. I'm not sure how many kids there were. They were all fast asleep and had no idea the house was on fire. Not a cop but this is my uncle's story from early 90s Chicago. Elderly couple calls in what they said sounded like a gunshot from the apartment below them. My uncle and his partner arrive on the scene and enter the apartment. Weapons drawn. Standard protocol for a possible shooting in progress. Right in the entryway is, 
What's left are the middle-aged Italian gentleman who apparently made the decision to end his life by shooting himself in the head with a 45 revolver. He's obviously dead. According to my uncle his face was basically blown in half. Nose missing. One eye gone and the other hanging from what's left of the socket. My uncle's partner goes out to the squad car to radio for the cleanup crew. The guys that come and scoop up the dead guy. My uncle stands at the door making sure no one enters the apartment until they arrive. About 5 minutes pass and my uncle hears what sounds like something moving inside the apartment. He figures the guy probably has a cat or a dog. Your pet will eat you if you die and they are hungry btw. So he heads back in to shoo it away so it doesn't further damage the guy's body. He opens the door and the mother sucker with his face blown in half is standing there. My uncle reached for his sidearm and nearly shot the guy thinking he was a zombie or something. The guy just collapses again. Not like fall into a slump sort of collapsed. Like falls straight back hits with a thud sorta collapsed. My uncle, after regaining his composure, radios his partner to call for M's and then he proceeds to check the guy's pulse. Nothing. When M's arrived they said there was no way the guy should have survived the initial shot and that they would have assumed he was dead too based on the amount of damage. My uncle says in his entire 20 year career which included several shootouts and car chases that he never felt more scared than we he opened the door and saw that guy, who by all rights should have been dead, standing there. Emergency personnel of Reddit, what's the dumbest situation you've been dispatched to? Not quite in the same vein, but I worked at a vet clinic that received a report from the local overnight emergency vet for a dog the owners thought was having a seizure in the middle of the night. The dog was diagnosed with dreaming. That's adorable as crap. Report of a woman drowned in shallow water off the south shore of Long Island. It was a semi-deflated blow-up doll. A tragic loss indeed. Briefly shadowed a small town fire department. Lady called in that some dude was impaled by a branch while pruning trees. Rushed over there. It was all makeup. They were shooting a film. All the neighbors had been notified but she forgot apparently. Got called for a child whose grandfather and legal guardian was actively abusing her. Notes said screaming and crying was heard in the background as well as don't hit me again and he's trying to kill me. Turns or a 12 year old girl had snuck to go see her 20 years old boyfriend and came back drunk and stoned reeking of weed and when her grandfather tried to punish her by taking her phone and grounding her she grabbed a knife and tried to stab him. In the process of disarming her he pushed her backwards and into a table knocking a lamp over. It was at that point she grabbed a phone and barricaded herself in a room and called 911. I'm not the emergency personnel in this situation but I called 911 because I found my neighbor, an elderly lady, lying on the ground outside. She was slurring, unable to get up, and generally dizzy looking. I thought she had a stroke. They got there and were talking to her for a few minutes before telling me that she was just drunk. Calling was smart. If a diabetic's blood sugar gets too low their symptoms mimic being drunk. During one of my 24 hours ambulance shifts for EMT basic training we got a call to a big lots for a laceration on a finger. It was essentially a paper cut from a rough edge of a chipped candle. I got to practice my EMT skills by applying direct pressure to a non-bleeding index finger. Even got to put a band-aid on it. The girl was acting like she could not look at her finger and was going to pass out from all the blood. The gauze strip I held on her finger didn't even have a spot. Don't worry, she sued. I got called for a woman experiencing stomach pain, which she calmly claimed was a 10 stroke 10. 
must have been quite the trooper since her husband drove her 30 minutes across the county, past the hospital and two urgent care centers, to let her mom look at it before calling the wee woo. For someone who had been having unprotected intercourse for 7 months she sure was confident she wasn't pregnant. The nurse who had to explain to her the way these things work was right on the corner of amused and annoyed. Not your typical emergency personnel but I work for a commuter railroad and I get called out to inspect the equipment when there are pedestrian vehicle strikes. There was a couple making out on the tracks and saw the train coming and decided to play chicken to see who would bail first. The girl lost. Both the game and a leg. A mother called 911 because her son spilled a bottle of Tide soap and was walking in it. She even called poison control before she called 911 and poison control told her there would be no side effects. The only advantage was the whole house smelled like lavender. 20 something year old guy called 911. He bought new shoes a few days before. They were too tight. His feet hurt. He was still wearing them when we got there, but I successfully extricated him. Dispatch to a child with seizures, who had a history of epilepsy, got on scene and the kid was coming out of his seizure and was post-ictal. Package the kid up to transport to the hospital and his mother is screaming at me that he must have his peanut butter balls. Not sure what she meant, I asked her what she was referring to. His peanut butter balls. He has to have them. I have them in a jar. Here take these peanut butter balls to the hospital. She hands me a small pill container. I look at the label and read that it is phenobarbital, a common anti-seizure medication. I asked the mom if this is what she meant by peanut butter balls. Apparently she never read the pill bottle label and misheard the doctor pronouncing phenobarbital as peanut butter balls. Guy moved out into the country. His 1-2 acre lot was surrounded on three sides by farm fields. Come harvest time, he calls 911 and blocks the farmer's access to their field with his vehicle. Wants me to force the farmers to stop harvesting because when he leaves all of his windows open, the inside of his house becomes dusty. Dispatched for a very strange gas-like smell in the backyard. We got there and walked around with our sensors. All levels were normal. Well miss, everything is normal. What's that smell then she asks. All we smell is some mulch. She exclaims is that what that smell is. They just had mulch put in behind us yesterday. How long is that smell going to be around? Are we going to have to keep our windows closed for that long? Lady with Alzheimer's called 911 for a spider in her kitchen. But described it as someone in her kitchen. As if that isn't silly enough, the spider didn't even end up being a spider. It was a dead fly on her windowsill. She needed a bird to catch the spider to catch the fly. Firefighter and 911 dispatcher here. Once as a dispatcher, took a call for suspicious activity. What was suspicious? There was a bicycle in the front yard of her neighbor's home. She told me, I've never seen a bike there before and it just seems weird. We didn't even bother to dispatch that one. As a firefighter, once during a huge rainstorm, we were dispatched for a vehicle in the water. This intelligent gentleman has decided to try to ford a river that was several foot high, in his small Toyota car, with his girlfriend in the vehicle. He drove into the water and predictable got stuck. He immediately jumped out and swam to shore, leaving her standing in the trunk with the vehicle stuck at an angle upward in the water. As we got his girlfriend out, he tried to pass it off as her fault. She slapped him, and none of us said a word about it. Another time we were called to a police assist. When we arrived on scene, the officer directs us to the guy in the back of his cruiser. 
The guy shows us his finger and says it hurts. The finger is covered in a paper towel held on the finger by a rubber band. When he removes the rubber band, we see that the top two thirds of his finger has been amputated and has been unattached for a couple days. He had just been walking around with his amputated finger held onto his bloody finger stump for a couple days and just decided when he was being arrested that that was the time to deal with it. My sister was a dispatcher and she would tell me all sorts of dumb calls she got. One time my sister got a call from a woman reporting that a man robbed her during a rage deal. Apparently her dealer ran off with the money and gave her some random substance that doesn't get you high but it looks like H. The woman was being serious and acting like she was getting unfair treatment from a legitimate legal business. The woman is a sheltered middle class woman from the suburbs. She was genuinely surprised that anyone would have the audacity to act that way in that kind of situation. She wanted that man arrested and wished to sue him. According to my sister, she had the eye demand to speak to the manager attitude over the phone the whole time. Paged at 3am for an ill person. So I'm already tired and being sent to something vague isn't what I want. Arrive on scene and walk to the front door. Middle aged guy opens the door and looks absolutely terrified. He rushes us in and we ask what's going on. He replies, I have the hiccups. Partner and I are exhausted from a rough 24 hour shift and we are incredibly confused. We ask him to clarify and he explains that in his 40 odd years of life, he's never had a case of the hiccups and is absolutely positive his life is in danger. We do our assessment and then explain that it's normal and really doesn't require the air, much less us. He demands that we take him to the air, so we oblige. When I called in the report, the hospital asked me to repeat the chief complaint three times. We were kicked at Ridge the second we walked in by some very annoyed nurses. Luckily they understand that we cannot refuse transport if the patient has a complaint and wants to go. Dude was absolutely fine. Paramedic here. Dispatched to a man with a groin injury. Arriving on scene, I found a 30 year old man doubled over in pain and bleeding quite heavily from his crotch area. Long story short, he wanted to see what happened if he put peanut butter on the tip of his dong and let his rottweiler lick it off. I think he was partaking in some sort of self-pleasuring thing, and wanted the dog to give him a form of oral. I controlled the bleeding the best I could, and got his ass to the hospital. He underwent microsurgery to try to save his mangled dong, but I understand that it was unsuccessful. Also, the part of his dong that was eaten by his peanut butter loving dog was resting comfortably in his dog's digestive tract. Can't make this stuff up, not sure if it was chunky or smooth peanut butter, which was the first question my chief asked me upon returning to headquarters. Got dispatched to a nursing home for a guy who was pulseless. Arrive on scene to find the nursing home staff doing CPR on a guy who had been dead for at least 6 hours before they found him. They couldn't understand why we called it after hooking him up to our monitor and finding he was a sisterly. Then didn't understand why we weren't gonna transport him to the hospital. Dumb, bit tragic situation. Courtesy my EMT best friend. Things learned from a patient with CC a spider bite on my ass. 1. If normal anal play just isn't doing it for you anymore, the obvious solution to this problem is to order a fancy, exotic tarantula from a fancy, exotic tarantula seller, and then proceed to somehow coax and or shove said arachnid into your rectum. A more accurate CC would have been spider bite in my ass. 2. Spiders become very upset when this happens, and they will bite you multiple times before expiring. Lost somewhere in your lower bowel. No, M's will not look for it for you. 
the pay grade isn't nearly high enough, some things are best left to physicians. 3. While it is helpful to know the exact species of said spider you've shoved up your ass because YOLO, this information is not very useful when you've waited 3 days after being bitten to call the boo-boo bus. 4. Yes, that anal discharge is not normal. Yes, it is probably related to being bitten by the spider. Jeez. No, it will not go away on its own. No, there is not something you can put on it, but thanks for noticing the 4 external use only instructions on the bug bite cream. Guy ended up losing everything up to the transverse colon. Not sure exactly what he was going for. Sadly, all of this might have been a little easier to understand if he had irradiated the spider first. Poop in a bag man is not nearly as catchy as Spiderman. So he'll shove a spider up his ass, but external use only bug cream is where he draws the line. Responded to a residence for uncontrolled hemorrhage possibly to a dangerous part of the body. So my partner and I roll the medic unit rolls. The volunteer fire depth rolls so we have 9 people respond hot to this house. Stroll in and see a kid sitting on the couch holding a Kleenex to his hand. He cut his finger on a soup can. It was what I would describe as a very aggressive paper cut. The kicker they were literally across the street from the hospital. Apparently the kid's uncle had a track record of abusing the system a lot. Another one we got a call for a psych patient, acting erratic and talking to herself. Turns out she was perfectly fine just chatting to someone on a bluetooth headset. Not a paramedic but work in healthcare and they train us in emergency care at university. Guy told us on a training day that they were dispatched to a house after a woman called in hysterics claiming her baby had been assaulted turned out her pet dog was mating with a neighbor's dog in the back garden and she got upset when she saw it. 45 year old male locked inside car called 911. My buddy responded to tell him to unlock it then try the handle. Another life saved. My ride along during EMT school. Had to have a certain number of hours spent working with a rescue squad. On a slow night our third call was of a shooting that, at the time, had the victim in critical condition. We responded and come to find out, the victim put on a bulletproof vest and told his GF to shoot him. Well she did, and missed the vest completely. Poor guy died later at the hospital. No alcohol involved either. Kid got his head stuck in a fence. Then he got stung by a bee. Everyone present that day, including the kid, found out he was allergic to bee stings. So then they had to resuscitate him. Good times. A man on PCP who broke into an apartment, stole a pair of women's panties, changed into them, was discovered and chased away by the woman's boyfriend, and we found him running around the neighboring abandoned lot wearing nothing but said panties. Dispatched to illness for a 90 some odd year old woman. She stated that she had eaten two bites off leftovers and then realized they were leftovers and wanted us to induce vomiting. We are a BLS unit. We don't do that. Which we explained. And her pee off daughter freaks out and is yelling at the mother about how she made the EMTs come all the way out here. And now she is going to go with us to the hospital to get her stomach pumped at the hospital we stopped her right there ADN explained that the hospital isn't going to preform a painful and unnecessary procedure over eating leftovers. It ended up being a refusal and we didn't take her to the hospital. Also in my city units were dispatched to reports of a body in a dumpster in the wee hours of the morning. Upon arrival they discovered that the body was actually a Justin Bieber standee. Well don't just stand there, resuscitate the Justin Bieber cutout. 
911 call for a 4 year old who had a nightmare. Unconscious child. Arrive on scene to find a kid laying down on the floor in a store. No history. Full day of school. Was running around the store being a brat when he was reprimanded. Promptly fell out. Definitely responsive to pain. Pupils are good. So I loudly announce we're going to have to stick him with needles and draw some blood. Give him fluids. Patient regained consciousness and tried to run away. Unconscious diabetic. Get on scene and there's a woman laying on the couch with sugar sprinkled on her. The woman's son knew it was a problem with low sugar and figured he'd try to help. It would have been super cute. Except the kid was 16. Please. Everyone. Educate those around you if you have chronic health problems that can become emergencies. One patient that wasn't mine but came in on another unit while we were waiting for Tridge. 17 year male couldn't get it up with his girlfriend, insisted that nothing like that could ever happen so something must be wrong. They call 9, 1, 1, get transported, make it to Tridge and get promptly sent out to the lobby. The nurse, as they are walking away, says to us, someone needs to show that girl how to use her mouth. My husband was a cop, he got called out to an active domestic one night about 2 in the morning, gets on scene. Guy comes out and says his girlfriend assaulted him with a weapon. Turns out she threw a hot pocket at him. The most devastating of weapons. Simultaneously frozen hard and molten hot. Easy one. Got called for a woman who had a miscarriage on the toilet. Show up. And it's not a miscarriage. Just a big nasty turd. So I worked for an ENDS crew at a major university. There's one event that happens every spring where the undergrads get absolutely wasted. I've never consumed more alcohol in a 24 hour period than as a student during one of these. Spring flings. We got dispatched for a naked drunk kid, which wasn't done by itself. No, what was done was that by the time we arrived, the kid had run off. Then we head back to base, and every 20 minutes or so, we get that call for the same kid in a different location. This goes on for a few hours, and if you plot the locations we were called to, you could see him inching towards campus. We finally found him passed out in the freshman dorms. You made it home. Hooray. My dad is a firefighter. He has a regular who calls 911. Because they get stuck on the toilet. No, they didn't fall in or get their intestines ripped out by flushing. They are so large that they lose feeling in their legs that they cannot get off of the toilet. He knows the guy by name now. And my dad says he is a pretty nice guy. He just needs to not sit on the toilet for so long. Sent to a lady whose 2 year old kid had licked a baby wipe. Like touched it to his tongue. Then he made a face and went on with his 2 year old's day. Best part was that mum was a nurse and thought it might have burned his lungs. Ridiculous. Several years ago, when I was a paramedic for a volunteer fire department, we were dispatched for a possible heart attack. Arriving upon the scene we grabbed all of our equipment and started to run towards the house. We were stopped by the house's owner, who was screaming. She dead. She no move. And pointed towards his car. He had called 911 because his car's battery was dead. Responded to a medical alarm. That is, life alert, activation, with the patient not responding to the dispatcher's questions. Turns out it was an old lady who wanted someone to fix her TV. You're goddamn right we fixed it. 
Former undercover cops of Reddit. What is the craziest thing you had to do to not blow your cover? I must have been 15 when one day the doorbell rang and I opened the door to two guys looking very much like real tough street guys. They showed me their badges and asked for my mum or dad. Turned out that they wanted to stake out a public playground behind our garden that was used by some broncos for their mules. People drinking large amounts of water and puking up little packages with some substance in it. There was a multi-story bank near the playground but the bank didn't want anything to do with it. So they asked my parents whether they could set up a surveillance team on our terrace for a couple of days. My parents allowed it, and my mum prepared food for the guys all week long. My dad did undercover for several years and talked about a M head that he hung out with all the time and even babysat her kids when she went out to get high. This went on for several months while they were figuring out who the big dealer was and acquiring warrants. He grew a beard, had a fake id, drove an old crappy car. Eventually they got warrants to bust a bunch of people in the drug ring and he actually was part of the SWAT team at the time and was part of the group that smashed indoors and arrested her and a bunch of others in the area. He had to wear a balaclava to protect his identity when with the SWAT team. He said it was actually really difficult because he had become an important part of those kids lives and was kind of attached to them and now they had no mother and had to be taken to child protective services. I never got to ask him more questions about this before he passed but I have no idea how he balanced this crazy second life and then came home and acted like a normal husband and father in our family. I know a guy who often went undercover as a junkie. He was committed. He'd stop showering for a while before a gig and pee on his tracksuit before going into work. He was so good that he managed to get the same dealer convicted twice in the space of a year and they never suspected he was the rat. He had multiple police records under different names too. City cop here. We don't do too much long term undercover but our general orders have a policy covering use of drugs on duty in certain circumstances. While it doesn't specify that we can do drugs, it states that if we consume them we have to immediately respond to our department's health clinic for documentation and treatment. The use of the word immediately made me imagine the undercover cop taking a puff of a joint and standing up straight away speedling the department and walking out reporting the incident. I once was the gardener for a cop who worked undercover in the flush trade to identify pimps traffickers and extract underage kids. She retired early due to mental health issues likely stemming from Greek use during her time undercover. To keep cover she would do the drugs that were being offered used. Of course things spiraled out of control for her and suddenly she's on permanent paid leave and she stays in the house most days hiding from the world. So for her, what she did to keep cover is offer up her sanity in exchange for some successful arrests. Not a cop but a guy my mom dated for a long time was. Older guy, in his 70s now, he was fresh out of the academy and at the Asbury Park riots. Sad scary crap. And then was an undercover narcotics cop for 14 years during the 70 and 80s with the NJSP. He was Puerto Rican, and spoke Spanish, was an ex-marine, and became a state trooper. They utilized his ability to blend in with organized crime in the Latin community. He had to do coke in front of a bunch of dudes during a bye one night, and basically stuck his knife in and blew a mound up his nose. Then he started having a minor paranoia panic attack that they were going to find out he was a cop. Thanks to the gram of blow he just took to the dome. He was breathing heavy and went out for air. His heart was pounding out of his chest. Panicking over how to get out of it, one of the gangsters came outside to talk to him. 
he's ready to run or fight, guy goes man I've never seen someone snort that much at once man, you okay he sighs a huge sigh of relief, and was like yeah I never did that much, I'm having trouble breathing her head, the guy was really nice, brings him a drink and they smoked a cig, everyone is joking that he has the heart of a lion to take that much, he actually felt bad about locking that one guy up when it all went down, think he said he tried to help him or get a reduced sentence or something, there are other stories. My father worked for sis. He told me about an incident where his guys set up a sting to bust some broncos who turned out to be local police setting up their own sting. They figured it out when they tried to bust each other. This is the Spider-Man meme but in real life. My cousin was an undercover ATF agent. Anyway, they were trying to bust some guys for illegal alcohol distribution and were building a rapport by going undercover. My cousin doesn't take his ATF badge with him when he is undercover because if anyone ever saw it, he could get shot. Anyway, some hot-headed black and white cops came over and started harassing them. My cousin couldn't blow his cover, but pretty soon the police started getting physical and they beat crap out of my cousin and the guys he is trying to get evidence from. They take them all into the police station only to find out that my cousin is ATF. My cousin was peed because cops aren't supposed to beat people up. He is currently filing a lawsuit against that police department. Good on your cousin for filing a lawsuit and actually trying to get some justice in those cops. And he deserves a promotion for managing to keep his cover through all that. I have gone undercover online to infiltrate child porn core rings. Nothing too intense. But I had to interact with suspects online over phone who were freaking sick in the head and act like it was not the most vile crap in the world. I've heard about undercover cops in these situations having to actually possess child pee as well. Wasn't sure how true that was. If it is true, I can't imagine ever putting myself in this situation. Not very exciting but a guy that worked with me was going to this biker bar frequently to get in with a gang. Drug related. He didn't want to get hammered and do something stupid so he would take his beers into the bathroom with him dump out half and fill it with water. As a former correctional officer, we had a situation where a major police department planted a cop in the prison to get information on a guy they believed was orchestrating hits from inside the prison. The warden knew and I knew, by accident, but not a single other CO knew, nor did any of the staff, including medical, and that's the way they wanted it. He went through receiving, he was categorized and placed, it was wild, he was there for a week. Got the info they needed and got him out. It didn't become public knowledge that he was undercover until after I had left and it was a long while after as they were making a case. That was a surreal moment. My friend used to be a state trooper. She told me about how she used to have to go undercover as a H to try to catch Johns. She didn't do so well, though. She was far too polite, so they all knew something was up. I am former law enforcement. I did a few deployments in a surveillance capacity to sit near targets in restaurants and bars to overhear conversations. Sorry to disappoint but I didn't do anything particularly crazy. Criminals just tend to talk about the same crap that everyone else talks about, women and sports. Publicly they tend not to talk too much about their criminal activities but you can still glean information from places they say they went to and people they say they know. Not a former undercover cop. But I have a second hand story about an undercover cop. So, this guy appears or of nowhere and befriends a relative of mine who was involved in illegal stuff. Dude was very friendly and just down to party. Had money, 
paid for, product, everything, were drop in on parties and even allegedly hooked up with hoes. Then he placed an order much larger than before. Few weeks later, relative of mine is arrested and is currently in prison. Craziest thing an undercover cop had to do the keep their cover, buy drugs and frick be. My friend who was an undercover cop said that multiple times he had to let himself be arrested to not blow his cover. Like when a sting was going down or whatever instead of being like hey I'm a cop. He would get arrested along with everyone else. One time a homeland security officer came up to my house undercover. Flashed his badge and asked if he could come in. Once he was in he pulled out a piece of paper with my neighbor's face on it. He asked if I had seen him around lately. When I asked what he did. And let him know I haven't seen him around. He told me what he was wanted for. Sexual violation. Child abuse. Drugs. The whole lot. Turns out he violated his stepdaughter and once he found out he was wanted he went back to El Salvador. I thought they only flashed their badges in the movies. But turns out. The crap's real. I worked as a transcriptionist for a while. And I transcribed some tape taken off of body mics of undercover officers working a very notorious domestic terrorism case. It was crazy. They would sound like an absolute backwards hill people lunatic while talking to their marks. Then later when talking to the other police officers, would sound all business and like a very professional person. I have a relative that was undercover narcotics. Before he started we had a family meeting explaining that if we saw him out and about we were not to approach him and not to say anything to him and a few other dos and don'ts. He will come to you if he's not undercover at the moment. Not a cop, but in college I took a few criminal justice classes. Our professor, who I will call Bob, was a cop for 15 or so years and had gone undercover in the 80s for a very long time. Bob was biker as a hobby and he was sent undercover to break up a rim ring in the biker community. Bob arranged to buy some M from some guy, and shortly after the buy the dealer was arrested. The dealer's sister started telling everyone she thought Bob was a cop, and some of the other bikers started asking him questions. So day or so after the sister started accusing Bob of being a narc the entire group was at a bar. Bob told a few of the guys to meet him outside in a few minutes, and Bob told the sister he had some M for her and to come outside. When they finally got out there Bob told her where I'm from friends don't call friends narcs. He then beat the crap out of her in front of the entire group. He kicked her as hard as he could between her legs, which while not as painful if you're a woman, still hurts. Then he said he punched her 4 or 5 times in the face. Hard, he said he didn't wanna do it, but after he did that no one ever accused him of being a cop again. My cousin who's in secret services acted like a junkie homeless beggar and semi-crazy Muslim religious salesman owning stall for surveillance purposes. So much for the secret. My cousin worked undercover in the biker community. He was really into working out and bodybuilding so he managed to convince everybody that he treated his body like a temple and didn't drink, do drugs, or eat like crap. That wasn't very far from the truth so it wasn't hard for him to play that part. He is also a former marine sharpshooter so he is tough as nails and pretty heavily tattooed so he definitely gave off a don't frick with me vibe. I know a guy, retired police officer who works as an investigator of crooked doctors. 
He dresses up in disguises and is given a fake name to use. He goes into doctor's offices and tries to find out if a doctor who is suspected of overprescribing narcotics is legit or not. He told me a story about a time he went in to see a dentist about a minor toothache and walked out other with a prescription for Percocet and I lauded. He says there are plenty of legit doctors out there, but there are also a lot of careless ones who give in to their drug-seeking patients. It wasn't me, but my grandfather, guy work narcotics, had to get in with some guys who dealt him and was pretending to be a user himself. I believe he actually had to shoot up once or twice. One day one of the higher ups was starting to get suspicious. Didn't believe my grandpa was actually a user or anything because he didn't have any marks on his arm, where they normally do, and my grandpa told them that he doesn't shot there, but near his pelvis, said he was more than happy to pull down his pants and undies to show him. Dude didn't want see any dong and my grandpa got away with it. He lives in a whole but other state now for safety reasons because a lot of the guys he put away years ago are now getting out. Not an officer but was on the wrong end of an undercover operation. In college I developed a liking for opioids and it quickly spiraled out of control. I couldn't afford my habit so I started selling to a forducing. I sold very small amounts and only to my friends. It was a horrible thing to do but addiction makes you so crazy things and not think clearly. A kid I regularly sold to, I'll call him Larry, came over my house one night with his best friend from high school. The kid looked about our age, young 20s at the time, and I considered Larry to be a very good friend of mine. I had known him all 4 years we had been at college and hung out fairly regularly. He asked if his friend could have my number as he was moving to our area for work and needed a connect. I said sure and that was that. I never sold on campus and for some reason this kid only wanted to meet me in the parking lot on campus. I kept telling him no until finally one time I hit a dry patch and needed all the help I could get. I agreed to meet him in the school parking lot. I gave him two pills for $60 and turned to get out of his truck. I felt a hand on my forearm and turned to see another guy with one hand on me and a gun in the other pointed directly at me. Figured I was getting robbed. Turned out it was the police and my friend had set me, and others, up in an effort to get his sentence reduced. The system is so fricked up that their one goal is to arrest college kids on campus and dangle large sentences with mandatory minimums on them so they are forced to become a CI and avoid the hefty sentences attached to the mandatory minimums. They are OR. You and you're supposed to keep in constant contact with the uncover officer and supply him with names and targets they can arrest. The issue is you're not under any supervision and you're not expected to rehabilitate yourself. Larry ended up continuing to use despite being a CI. The cops don't drug test nor help with the necessary rehab they just want to make more and more arrests. It's a bullcrap system that takes advantage of young vulnerable addicts. Larry lived alone and was required to keep all of his dealings private so that the officer's cover wasn't blown and Larry's status as a CI wasn't jeopardized. He went silent for a few days and no one was sure why. His best friend decided to see what was up and went to his apartment. Larry had OD'd alone in his apartment about 36-48 hours before his best friend found him. I didn't end up helping the cops and instead went into rehab, then jail, released on parole and concurrent probation. I was facing a mandatory minimum of 4 years and the judge said I should thank him for his lenience as I could have gone to jail for up to 30 years. Fortunately I'm still alive. I know a lot of people who lost the fight with addiction. Not a cop but I did work for the liquor board in the city next to my town busting bars for underage drinking. 
When I would get served I would have to text the officer in charge and he would come in and take my picture with the drink then find the bar. Typically a few hundred dollars. And the bar would get a strike. Three strikes and they lose their liquor license. When I would get served I am not allowed to drink any alcoholic beverages. Only once did I actually have to drink the drink served to me. I was at a sketchy biker bar and they are known for underage drinking and already have two strikes. They're also no for getting rough with the informants like some employees and patrons assaulting the kids, 18-20. So I walk in and ask for a butvisor I show him my real lid and he serves me my beer. Before I can even pull out my phone the bartender grabs my wrist and asks me if I work for the liquor board. I tell him no and he says okay then chug your beer. So I slam the bottle of bud and he lets me go and then tells me I have my eye on your boy and gets me another bud I then take a snapchat of me at the bar with my drink and hightail it out of the bar. I then show the picture to the officer and tell him everything that happened and he heads into the bar and ends up finding the bar and the bartender and giving them their last strike. They end up taking everything to court and I get called in as a witness and have to testify in court everything that happened the bar loses the case and when I am walking out to my car the owner yells to me hey kid watch your crap, you'll get what's coming to you. So far nothing has happened to me, this happened about 3 years ago so I don't think anything will happen to me. Redditors, what's the stupidest thing you've said to a police officer? I was a scared 16 yo kid, I went the wrong way down a one way street. Saw that the road became a two-way just a block ahead by the time I realized it was a one-way saint. So I kept going instead of trying to turn around illegally. Cop was at the intersection I went through. Pulled me over. Scared the crap out of me. Yelling at me about the red light I ran. The stupidest thing I tried to say to a cop was that I was going the wrong way down a one-way. He told me to shut up when I started talking and came back with a very big ticket. I thought it through and went and took pictures of the intersection. See, what I was ticketed for was running a red light. There are no red lights the wrong way down a one-way street. Think about it. That would be crazy. So I went to court to contest my ticket. I wore a suit, was respectful, and when the judge asked almost sarcastically while looking at my particular info so you're going to tell me you didn't do it or something, how I told him actually, sir, yes, because it's impossible to run a red light that isn't there, that got his interest, and he made eye contact, he sat up a little bit and asked what I meant, I told him about there not being a red light the wrong way down a one way street, I asked if I could present the pictures, which the bailiff brought up, he laughed while looking at them, which included the street corners and enough surroundings to prove it was in fact the cross streets mentioned. I told the judge that I was apologizing to the officer and trying to tell him about the wrong way down a one way but got told to shut up and wasn't able to explain. The judge laughed again and said well, he would have cited you for the right thing if he had just listened, but I can't cite you. Clearly you didn't run a red light, and he dismissed it. I only had to pay the court filing fee of 25 bucks. Yeehaw. I haven't been pulled over in years. You got a ticket this morning. Uh, I didn't think that would be in the system so soon. Makes me sniff a joint. Doesn't smell like any weed I've ever smoked. May I scratch my nose on Mr. Smith's shoulder? I was handcuffed. My nose itched like heck. I was allowed to blow me so i was delivering booze to a friend's place as he was having a drunken party and i thought i'd be nice anyway 
his buddy spills a half a tumbler of scotch down my shirt. I had to get to work so I take off and hit one of those drinking and driving stops. Of course the cop is like you. And how much have you had to drink? Me. Nothing. My friend spilled scotch on me. Cop. Aha. Emmy. Fine. Blow me. You'll find the truth. Cop. Excuse me. Me. Thinking. And. This is how I go to jail. Me. Oh. No 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 no. I mean. Blow me. The thing. The straw you blow into. Cop proceeds to laugh. Gives me a breath test and I blow 0.0. On with my day. Ha. Huh. He asked was there a reason I was speeding? I said yes. He asked what was it? I said I like speeding. It was the 31st of December, 1999. A friend and I thought we were so freaking slick. We were standing by an ATM at the stroke of midnight. We thought that the Y2K virus was going to cause the ATMs to just start spitting money out. Right before midnight, a police officer, seeing us in our all black garb, asked what we were doing. When we told him, he started laughing his butt off and told us he'd split the money three ways with us if it started shooting out. Sadly, none of us made any extra money that night. I was pulled over two weeks after passing my test, the policeman asked me to wind down my window. I did. He then aggressively asked me what is it outside I didn't know what he was getting at, so I replied cold. He shook his head and said no, duck, now turn your freaking lights on. I was driving Uber in an unfamiliar town, and at about 3am, I asked an officer if there were any good donut shops nearby. Did you really just ask me that? Uh, that Starbucks is closed and I need coffee. Oh my god, as I realized the implication. In the end we had a good laugh and he led me to an open coffee shop. Semi drunk me being escorted out of a bar by an officer at 21. Well, going to exercise my second amendment right and tell you to go frick yourself. Cop as he begins to cuff me. Dumbass. That's the third amendment. My sober friend walking with us. Actually it's the first amendment. Got caught having sx in my jeep in a restaurant parking lot. Told officer but she's so hot. Officer responded that's not a valid excuse. I was mashed, waiting for a bus. I wasn't making a scene. I was just visibly wasted, I could barely sit straight. So while I'm sitting there, kinda zoning out, two cops approach me and ask me for it, which I somehow managed to find and show them. Then they started asking me what I was on, to which I responded nothing, I'm just really, really drunk. They keep pressing and yelling. They were furious for some reason, I guess because I was barely coherent, when one of them gets in my face and screams what did you take, to which I respond freaking ethanol. A few years back my mate and I were walking down the street towards the bars in our town, rural Australia. We were drinking from a plastic bottle filled with vodka and juice which isn't legal here and the police drove past us. I quickly threw the bottle in the bin but they saw us and pulled over. They two officers, one female one male, were taking down our details and we were drunkenly trying to get out the fine. I said we'll do anything to get out of this. She replied oh yeah, like what then I blurted out dance for you. My mate and I then proceeded to do about 30 seconds of the choreography to Michael Jackson's thriller on the street, magnificently lit by their patrol car headlights. It worked, no fine. I was about 6 years old and I had been home from school for maybe an hour. 
There was a knock at the door and I ran to go get it, thinking my friends wanted to play. I swung open the door to see a female police officer and I said, nobody's home and slammed the door. I realized my mistake and went and got my mom to answer the door. Turns out the officer had shown up to let us know that my dad had been killed by a drunk driver earlier that day. Turns out being embarrassed wasn't the only issue that day. Oink. He told me to stop being a stupid drunk 16 year old T and to go home. He was right. Was in my car, at a park at night after it had closed, with my girlfriend at the time. Cops roll up right after we had finished in the backseat, as we were trespassing by being in the park at this time. I get out of the car to talk to the officer, and he grills me, asking about my girlfriend. He asks me, is she decent and I'm thinking like, yeah she's pretty hot so I say, yes. Officer then goes and opens the car door and sees her still naked in the car, and goes no she's not. Get dressed he then gave us a warning and told us to leave. Stopped at a ride program. Basically a roadblock checking for impaired driving. I was just getting off a 12 hour shift. Anything to drink tonight? Yeah I had a bottle of coke and some water. Q 15 minutes of questioning. Never be a smartest to a cop. Crossing the border and asked what I was going to buy. I said coke. Americans are the best coke. I am Canadian. We no longer have vanilla cherry coke. I know my rights. He wasn't a cop but this is kind of in the same vein. I was buying a gun and had to fill out the application on a touchscreen they had. One of the questions was are you now or have you ever been a fugitive from the law? I looked up to the man selling the gun and after I read the question aloud I said who in their right mind would answer yes to that? I thought it was funny but he looked at me coldly and said you are seriously jeopardizing your ability to purchase this weapon. Can I pet your horse? To the mounted police officer at Mardi Gras. 2014. After a night out me and a couple mates decided to walk home, about 5 miles. After a couple miles the alcohol started to wear off and we thought about getting a taxi if one came past. We see something in the distance and being sure it was a taxi we waved it down and proceeded to try and get in. It was an unmarked police car and we were given an absolute bollocking by the plainclothes police officers inside. It didn't help when one of my drunken friends tried to be a smartass and said prove it. When I was 19 me and buddies were all out on an all out drinking bender. We had a DD. It's about 3am and we're all slammed drunk. Cop pulls us over for going 10 miles per hour over the speed limit. Cop walks up to car and immediately says, I smell alcohol. He asks everyone for their rides. I hand him mine, to which he is quick to hand it back. Sir, that is your debit card. I immediately start laughing because I knew at that moment it was a guarantee I was going to the drunk tank for underage drinking. I was right. Worst way to bribe a cop. Yo, James. Hide the weed was in a field playing football, soccer, and thought it would be funny to shout this directed towards an alleyway. As it turns out, it's not that funny. Got arrested. Throwing party in my dorm room in college. Everyone in attendance was underage. Two cops knock on the door. One male, one female. They end up being pretty nice and explain they got a noise complaint and will trust us to shut it down. As they were about to leave I asked the lady cop, aren't you going to pat me down officer? Got a ticket. To my brother-in-law who's a cop, yeah well I fricked your sister in the butt. Well once when I was little my mom got pulled over for running a red light. 
The cop came over and asked her if she knew why she was being pulled over and she said no. To which I replied, you're her mom. I told you you went through that light she was not happy. Kids say the darndest things. Got out of my car, stormed back to his and said I'm late. I actually ordered two cops to move their vehicles as they were blocking an entry to my site. Were I not on the job, they'd probably have ignored me. My favorite interaction with a cop that was just the normal routine was back when I was 21 or 22. I went out with friends for a tour of drinking on a Saturday. Started with a baseball game then walked around to a handful of bars so we spent about 8-9 hours getting trashed. This was the plan. It was a good plan. Part of this plan was for friends to come pick me up at the end of the night because the people I was hanging out with had plans and I knew I was going to be too drunk even for drunk driving. Bars close. Downtown is empty, nothing is open at 3.30am, so I wander around, waiting for my ride, and I have to pee bad. Nowhere is open and no one is around so in my infinite inebriated wisdom I decide to just pee on the sidewalk next to the street. Not even 5 seconds into my pee there's a spotlight on me and a cop getting out of the car. Cop, what in the heck do you think you're doing? Me, peeing. Cop, come on over here. Me, I have to finish first. Cop waits surprisingly patiently. I make racehorse peeing look like a leaky faucet. The cop then proceeds to tell me all the charges I could get for peeing in public and asks me what I was thinking. I told him my master plan of getting drunk all night, then waiting for a ride. My friends were late. Public intoxication wasn't part of the plan. Neither was peeing by police spotlight. He continued to tell me that I should be going to the drunk tank. Blah blah blah. But he let me go. I sat on the curb and he watched me smoke cigarettes until my friends came. I was 18 and possibly high, long time ago, can't remember, and when he asked for license, registration and insurance, I gave him my health insurance card. He just looked at me and said what is this son, I'm not your doctor, never actually gave him my proof of car insurance. My aunt had a terrible divorce when I was a kid, the type of divorce where police came to the house. One time 10 year old me asked a cop, do you use the sirens if you have diarrhea? He was a good sport and laughed a little and said, kid I am not classified to tell you that. Then he winked so I would take it as a yes. At a Halloween party in a third story apartment, outside smoking I see someone in a cop costume in the parking lot, yell at him who the f would dress as a cop for Halloween, dot, he immediately broke up the party. Cop do you have any drugs? Me I wish. Bought a really nice wooden box of cigars, wrapped in bubble wrap and duct tape, and put in the trunk. The box was a gift for a friend. I do not smoke, and I didn't want to risk some damage during the trip to his house. Well, police makes me pull over. Officer asks me where I'm going. He asks me to pop the trunk. He opens it and finds the wrap box which sort of looks like a bag of coke or H or whatever. He obviously asks me what's inside the wrapping. I say the truth. Cigars. He doesn't trust my word. So he asks me if he can unwrap it. I say yes of course officer. Point is. He can't manage to unwrap the thing. I have the brilliant idea of taking my utility knife from the trunk to cut the wrapping and just get it over with. Mind you, said officer was bent over with his head inside the trunk still trying to unwrap the Gordian wrapping, while another officer was standing behind me after having checked license and registration. I say, ah, 
I found my knife while holding said open knife in my hand and pointing it towards the officer. I'll just let you imagine the rest. Not me but my in-laws. They were at a new year's party and had had a couple of drinks. My mother-in-law isn't much of a drinker so she had a couple of glasses of wine early and then switched to pop and stayed sober to drive. They got stopped at a roadblock on the way home and when the cop asked if she'd been drinking tonight she replied only a couple of drinks earlier than I switched to coke around 9. The cop laughed and sent them on their way. Didn't happen to me, but when I was in high school, one of my classmates was pulled over for suspected DWI. When he was asked to recite the alphabet, he sang the entire alphabet song, along with the ending next time won't you sing with me. When I was about 15 years old, a few of my friends and I were pulled over at around 3am, way past curfew, and we were all stoned out of our minds. The only other girl and I were asked to sit on the tailgate to answer some questions. The cop asks me why are you smiling at me? This isn't funny. I respond with, I'm sorry officer, I wasn't aware I was smiling. When passing by two cops wrestling a troublemaker and forcing him in the backseat I asked if they by any chance could drive a certain route dropping me off at home. Guy kept driving over the corner of my grandfather's lawn. He lived on the corner so the same truck would cut the corner by driving over a patch of grass. My grandfather had enough of it, so he got out a 2x4, slammed a bunch of nails in it, and buried it in the torn up patch of grass. Sure enough, the same truck hits it one day, blowing out not just one but two tires. He's freaking mad, he calls the cops. Officer shows up, hears about what happened and tries to explain to my grandfather that while what the truck driver shouldn't be driving on the grass, that putting the board with nails in there was dangerous and could have gotten someone hurt or killed. At this point, he is just trying to give my grandfather a warning. My grandfather responds crap if I couldn't find the nails I was gonna put a bouncing betty, a landmine, in there. The officer rubbed his brow as if in distinct pain and squeezed out the words you really shouldn't tell me that. Thankfully my uncle was there to stop my grandfather from repeating his claim or making things any worse. I made a pit stop for some food on highway 70 at like 10pm back in 2014. When I got back on the road I forgot to turn my lights back on. So obviously Mr. Police officer helped me out with that by turning on his own. When he pulled me over he asked where I was headed. I'm going to Colorado. Officer. Oh. What takes you there? Highway 70 sir. Then I accidentally handed him a bus pass instead of my license. Not a police officer, but I once said this to a security guard who was searching our car. Don't worry I don't do drugs. I am drugs. Admitting guilt when they ask do you know why they're here. They oftentimes don't know why they're there. They're just following up on a call with loose information based on what an outsider observed. They don't know about the bodies. I remember some years ago, some friends and I were shooting a scene for a zombie movie we were miking, and had stopped in this field a little of the road. There were like 5 of us, bloody, standing at various points in the field, and the rest conversing around the cars. When a police car pulled up, they asked, what are you guys doing here? Cue my friend saying, I, I lost my cat. They spent the next few minutes trying to help us search for the fake cat. It was a whole thing. Trolling law enforcement, what's your story? College town, huge party, excise cops are in town busting parties left and right, ours gets busted, they proceed handing out tickets to underage drinkers, 
one kid gets a scrap piece of paper and folds it into the shape of the tickets the cops are handing out and sits on the front steps with his head in hands repeating, my parents are gonna frickin kill me, cops just pass him right by. This kid will go far. When I was a senior in high school, we got a new vice principal from some inner city school who thought he was a real hard case. He would actually go around smelling kids fingers for the scent of weed. My buddy and I came back from lunch one day, both stone sober and heard Mr. Hard Case, I forget his real name, was coming out to the parking lot to check fingers. My friend looked at me, then wedged his right hand down the back of his pants into his butt crack. He left it there until we saw the VP coming our way, then pulled it out nonchalantly and we waited. Sure enough, the VP walked up and, in his usual threatening manner, told us to hold out our hands. I did. He smelled my fingers, then moved on to my friend. I could barely keep from losing it as he took a big sniff and then literally jumped backwards, yelling something about my friend needing to wash his dang hands. Needless to say, this ended the finger smelling technique at my high school. I knew where this story was going after the second sentence. I was speeding once, and I mean seriously speeding. I saw the lights come up behind me and freaked. I pulled over and noticed I had a bottle of water next to me, took it and poured it all over my lap and put on the most embarrassed look I could. He asked if he knew why he pulled me and I responded I'm sorry officer, I really had to pee and was trying to get to the nearest restroom, but, innocent eyes, I peed myself. Something in me knew that this cop did not want me to touch his pen, his paper, didn't want to touch my license, nothing. As far as he was concerned, I was just disgusting. He said well, next time, use the bathroom before you leave and slow it down, and let me go. Around 2am on a Saturday night I was pulled over for suspicion of DWI. I hadn't had a drop. They asked me to step out of the car and gave me a sobriety test. I passed with flying colors. They asked me if they could search the vehicle. I told them they could search the vehicle, with the sole exception of the center console. They would need a warrant for that. After several hours sitting roadside, they finally produced a warrant from a judge. The center console was empty. Ro, wonder how they pulled off that warrant. Refusal of a search is not grounds for a search. This was about 10 years ago. My mother had a large plant in a plastic pot that died. I took the pot full of dirt and put it in the trunk of my car to replant something at my house. I forgot about it for a few weeks. I got pulled over for something. The cop asked, do you know why I pulled you over and I said, was it speeding? Or was it because of the pot in my trunk he got me out of the car and had me put my palms on the hood while I was searched? He opened the trunk and was not happy. I got chewed out for wasting his time and such and such. I noticed that not one single car passed, so it wasn't wasting too much of his time. I wouldn't be able to do that with a straight face, huh? I've never actually done this but always wanted to. Get 5 total friends together all wearing costumes, dress up as a biker, construction worker, Indian, cowboy, and a GI. Then go to a public place where the police walk around, and just follow the cop around. Please do this soon. I refuted a police noise complaint with a decibel meter and a printout of the, the Boston Municipal Code on noise ordinance. The best kind of right is technically right. In my case, the cops trolled us. Huge house party, once a year thing around Christmas, the famous pirate party, lady wenches and naked dudes with eye patches everywhere. 
drunken freshmen as far as the eye can see. The cops are called, which we anticipated. They show up and it's two guys in their 30s. One is just tired, and of a long day and didn't really want to be dealing with the shichow. The other was kind of amused by all the nautical debauchery. When two of the housemates, both over 21, go out to talk to the cops, the more serious cop just says look, just get some of these people out of here, we don't want a scene, so tell them all we won't arrest anyone. The other cop chimes in, with his very best pirate voice. Unless they're scalawags first cop fassipums and gives his partner this look that says really dude. Everyone cracks the frick up and clears out in a good mood. Taking most of the drunken 18 year olds elsewhere. It was a few days before New Year's in the Bay Area's Chinatown. I was about 14 then and me and my group of friends would always walk from school to my house just to hang out and play video games. There were about 6 of us walking up this really steep hill to where I lived. When you have lived in the same area for over 10 years, you notice things that are unusual, out of place and just doesn't seem right. The strange thing I noticed was a guy, late 30s, with sunglasses on and a hat sitting in a white pickup truck reading a magazine. We were inside my apartment for about 30 minutes before we decided to go get some food. I saw the truck on the other corner and the guy spots us. He rolls down his window and yells do you guys have any fireworks for sale? I told him I couldn't hear him but I clearly heard him. He asked again I said do you guys have any fireworks for sale? I told him again that I couldn't hear him. All of a sudden, he makes a turn, goes down the hill and pulls right up to us. Do you guys have any fireworks for sale? I said nope and he goes I know you guys do. I'm not a cop so it's cool. I told him that it doesn't matter if he's a cop or not, we don't sell fireworks because it's illegal. He starts to get irritated and starts yelling at us at this point. Come on guys, stop being wussies. I just want to buy some fireworks for my kids. We are actually walking down the street with him slowly driving next to us asking. I told him one last time, I know you're a cop and you're just doing your job but honestly, we do not sell fireworks. And by the way, a cable car is coming. He goes so what? I told him because you're going down a narrow one way street with the cable car coming up the hill towards you. He literally shat his pants as he sees the cable turn the corner in full speed. He reverses as fast as he could, clipping a few cars on his way up the hill. A cop on top of the hill sees this and pulls the guy over. The dude gets out of his truck and pulls out his badge to show the other cop that he was undercover. My friend's story. He was smoking weed in high school with his best friend. Both dudes, they had to sneak away from their parents, so they smoked in one of their cars at a scenic outlook near Roanoke, VA. Sure enough officers found them in the car, but luckily they had already finished and put the weed away. When the officer asked my friend what he was doing up there, the officer suspected weed. My friend said that he was in love with the other guy and they were about to make out. Dang southern cop didn't know what hit him, so he just walked away. Not really trolling law enforcement, but here's the closest thing I have. Early in high school, maybe 15 years old, my friends and I are cutting through a church parking lot because there is a trail through the woods on the other side, leading from one friend's house to the others. We all notice the smell of burning weed while we're near this church, so we're looking around trying to figure out who is smoking. My friend sees someone move inside the church, it's like 1am at this point pretty weird, and goes over to check it out. Soon enough there's 8 cop cars in the parking lot, 
As it turns out, someone had tried to break into this church the night before, and the pastor and his entire family were sleeping inside, in case they came back, they thought that was us, the cops just absolutely would not believe that we were just passing through, and smelled the same thing they surely did, and were just checking out the situation, they detained us for 60-90 minutes looking around the surrounding forestry for our bongs, one of the cops was going around to each entrance to the church, to check for signs of attempted entry, at the back door, he found a roach from a joint on a ledge right inside the church, apparently, it was the pastor's daughter who had been lighting up right out back, and quickly put out the joint and left it there when she heard her dad yell because he saw us from the front, they wound up letting her off with a warning, and gave me and my three friends a ride for the one mile to where we were going, with their flashing lights on, which was pretty freaking cool when we were 15. I grew up in a small town, really small, the only way to have any form of entertainment was to drive 30 minutes to the next city to go to the movies, bowling, etc. Just so happens that on the highway halfway between the two cities there was a small town known for being a speed trap. The highway was out of the jurisdiction of the local police so what the marshal would do is hide in between overpasses to catch speeders force them to pull over onto the frontage road, which was in his jurisdiction, then he would claim an exaggerated speed, when people asked to see his radar, which is perfectly legal, he claimed that he didn't have to because it was illegal, any claims reported to his superiors seemed to go ignored, until he ran into me, over time my friends and I had timed his patrols and realized that he patrolled towards the end of the month, one night he had stopped a friend for excessive speeding, the officer claimed 92 in a 60 zone, which was BS, and then we knew something had to be done. The officer had taken his plate number and claimed to have seen it speeding many different times and we knew he would look out for it. So I decided to take my phone and rig it up to record the speedometer and get pulled over by the officer. It took a few tries but I managed to get pulled over by the same officer. For doing 70 and 60, that being a first time offense. After giving him my license he went on to claim that I was doing at least 85, and giving me the whole bit about how he cannot show me the radar, as well as giving me a ticket claiming it was a repeat offense and how I should be put into jail. All this being caught on my phone without him noticing, so a few days later I show up to the courthouse to pay the ticket and I managed to talk to the mayor of the town and showed him the video of all this. Thanks to me the officer got fired and I didn't have to pay a $400 ticket from a douchebag. That's not trolling, that's performing a public service. Downvoted for off topic, just kidding, good on ya. I work as a paramedic, and often the cops call us out to take someone that's drunk to the hospital. This is really stupid, because it just clogs up the ears and costs all kinds of people unnecessary money. Not to mention the fact that they only call us because they don't want the paperwork of taking someone to jail for such a stupid thing. So we get called out one night around midnight to some guy who had puked in the parking lot and was wobbly on his feet. He was pretty dang drunk. Nothing a good night's sleep wouldn't cure though. When we pulled up who was there but the butthole cop who wrote me a ticket the week before. I told my partner who this was and he took the lead the cop didn't recognize me. The cop gave us a quick rundown. We checked the guy out and then this happened. Partner, so what do you want me to do with him? Cop, take him to the hospital. Partner, why? There's no medical problem. Cop, we're concerned about alcohol poisoning. Partner, well I'm not, and I have more training than you. Cop, irritated, look, just take him. Partner, nah, we don't really operate like that. Cop, 
angrily. Well he needs to go sober up. Partner, to patient, do you want to go to the hospital? Guy says no, see, I can't force him. Cop, yelling, well he can't stay here in the parking lot. Partner, pause, oh, I see the problem now. Cop, his face lightens up, yeah, partner, yeah, he's your problem. We don't take drunks just for being drunk. Cop looks stunned then turns to me hoping for a different answer. Still doesn't recognize me. Me. Maybe you could just give him a ticket. Then the fire captain got in the cop's face and threatened to get his supervisors out of the scene to adjust the officer's attitude saying things like you don't talk to my medics like that. The fire department has that kind of clout out here. We left and I giggled for days afterward. This really isn't trolling, more of a local police officer getting owned, but I am sure it would fit in here. I live right outside of my city's limits, which means I am right outside of the local police department's jurisdiction. In high school my friends and I would always hang out at my house, so one night we all decided to go to the local McDonald's to raid the dollar menu. We're riding through town not causing too much trouble. We get our feast and are heading back to my house when we realize there's a police officer following us. Now we were playing music loud enough for it to be heard but still quiet enough not to be noise pollution. We were also going a few miles over the speed limit like most people did. I guess the officer realized we were leaving the city limit and wanted to catch us before we got away. We were literally 100 feet away from the city limit sign and 400 feet from my driveway when he put on the sirens. Instead of pulling off of the road right there in traffic I just drive onto my driveway and the office pulls in right behind me. My friends and I get out of the car and the officer pulls his weapon and tells us to get on the ground. My mom and stepdad come running out of the house to straighten the officer out. Chaos ensues and the officer fires a warning shot. This scared the neighbors and they called the sheriff's office and asked for a unit to come. Now it turns out that the local police department and the sheriff's department really don't like each other. A sheriff soon shows up to respond to the neighbor's call and ends up ticketing the police officer for trespassing and disturbing the peace. My mother drives a jeep, which the top is off and off of. We pulled up in the fire lane out front of a bank, because my mother is kind of an idiot, and she ran inside to use the ATM. I was 15 at the time, and while she's inside a police officer walks up to the jeep, sticks his head in the driver's side window, and says is this your vehicle son to which I replied yes. I sometimes like to park in illegal places and sit in my own passenger seat. He didn't say a word, stood back, crossed his arms and just glared at me. My mom came out about 10 seconds later. He took a look at her and said have a nice day mom, and walked away. He probably felt like your mom having to put up with your smart butt all the time was punishment enough. Junior year of college all of my roommates and I were 21 years of age. I was the only one with a car so I was the one who always had to go on beer runs. You can say I look a bit underage for my age and I drove a sportier car. So within the first month of buying alcohol from this one place I got pulled over 4 times, not kidding. After leaving the liquor store, I noticed they had no reason to pull me over except the fact that I looked under 21. The cops did play legally I guess by following me until I did something stupid or noticed something wrong with my car. License plate light out, took a right turn into the second lane, side view mirror was broken, rolling stop right turn on a red light. They made me do a sobriety test once on our busy college street. I got a lot of honks. 
Well after completely inspecting my car I went out again to purchase alcohol. No surprise. I was being followed by cops when I left. I knew that if I drove perfectly they could not pull me over. I drove around the block for about 15 minutes and I was shocked they were still following me. I eventually hoped onto the highway, got off, and then back on. After about 40 minutes of charades I was getting thirsty and missing the pregum so I pulled into my driveway. The cops followed me, waited till I opened my trunk and ran in and asked to see my ad for the liquor. I pulled it out with a big grin and they got in their cars and left. I never got pulled over again, maybe because they finally realized, hey this dumbass is 21. The police, always doing important things to protect America. In the city I live in, you need to purchase a license to work in public spaces the street. A few weeks ago, I was walking through a pedestrian zone, where a man was playing the violin and I stopped by to listen. Sure enough, within a minute two policemen showed up and asked him for his license. Of course he didn't have one, so they started taking his information to give him a fine. That's when an old lady started talking to me really loudly about how that's a shame and I answered something along the line of, they are right to stop him. What would become of the world if everybody just started to play music on the street? People might start dancing. This goes on for about 5 minutes. The lady and me standing about 3 feet from the police and maybe 20 people stopped and were watching. Everyone else walking by is smirking. It was a good feeling when I heard, you know what, we're gonna let you go this time. Make sure to buy our license. So it's the 1st of August in Switzerland, same as 4th of July in the US. A few years ago, my friends and I, we drink and watch the fireworks, and then drink some more. At some point, there's three of us left, we mount our bicycles and drive down the hill back into town, completely wasted, without light, singing. So a cop car flashes the blue lights when we approach, really fast. Friend number one drives into the bushes on the right side of the street and hides there, completely mad. My friend and I, we don't react and come to a standstill in front of the police vehicle. Two cops get out, I will never forget what follows. The litany by the cops, duck, no light, driving in the middle of the road, endangering ourselves and other people, was to be expected. My friend nods, nods, says yeah yeah, and then one officer asks him why he doesn't have a bicycle bell mandatory in switzerland at that point i am doing the math in my head no light wrong direction no bell the alcohol we are looking at several hundred dollar sign if we're not lucky but my friend gets angry and points at a rubber giraffe on his handlebar officer i do have a bicycle bell squeezes the thing and it makes this ridiculous squeaky noise the cop gets angry and says sir this is no bell don't be silly my friend gets more agitated Says it's even louder than a standard bell and works just fine. Squeezing. Squeezing. Squeezing the thing to prove his point. At this point, I completely lose it. I cannot help myself. I am dying from laughing. And I can't stop. Even though the cop gets angrier by the second. My friend continues to squeeze the stupid rubber giraffe. Repeating, this is even better than a bell, sir. Then he starts laughing uncontrollably. 2. At this moment, my other friend, why, he doesn't know himself, decides to leave his hiding place just 15 meters across the road. He shoots out of the bushes, pedaling madly downhill, and falls on his butt, the bike flying away. He does this sort of somersault, rolls downhill fast, gets to his feet, and runs like heck. The cops watch this spectacle incredulously. We continue laughing. 
tears flowing down our cheeks. No way to stop. Who is that? The cops ask. Now not sure if they should follow my other friend or keep on with the two of us. The only answer they get. More laughter. At which point, and by now, we are totally sure that this is going to be the most expensive night ever. Their radio goes off. Some car accident. The look at us. At each other. Helplessly. Get in the car. And drive away. We. Laughing and singing. And squeaking the stupid giraffe. Drive on. No ticket. No nothing. You've been visited by the good sleep oinker. You will be blessed with cozy, restful sleeps but only if you comment sleep type porker if you are new to the channel. You can subscribe. I publish new videos every day. Until then, check another video. Or don't. Either way, have a great day you magnificent people. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.